Welcome to Iodine Intelligence, empowering intelligent care. Welcome to Iodine Intelligence, Empowering Intelligent Care, a podcast brought to you by the experts at Iodine Software. I'm your host, Lauren Hickey. Clinical documentation improvement and stemming leakage has long been a priority for healthcare systems, but studies have shown that despite investment in this area, documentation leakage continues to occur and opportunities continue to exist. In today's episode, we're going to be exploring leakage in the mid-revenue cycle, why it happens, and some solutions and strategies for plugging those holes, all within the framework of one health system's journey. Joining me today is Iodine's Chief Clinical Strategist, Fran Jurek. Good morning, Fran. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for including me. Also joining me is Katie Beisel, Director of Health Information at Integris, which is Oklahoma's largest non-for-profit and Oklahoma-owned health system. Great to have you with us today, Katie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. So, Fran, most people recognize the importance of capturing leakage in the mid-revenue cycle, but for our listeners, can you paint big picture, what can the effect of documentation leakage be, and what can it cost an organization? Yeah, there's been a variety of studies and and different groups that have tried to look at this and try and quantify it. Um, There's a 2016 study by the advisory board that identified that even after this costly investment that you referred to in the mid-revenue cycle world and and putting in good processes that that include CDI and coding programs, that there continues to be uh, anywhere from four and a half to a million dollars lost in uh, revenue in the average 250 bed hospital. So fairly significant um, uh, loss based upon uh, workflows, even after investment in areas to try and diminish that that leakage. Yeah, I agree. I, I know that we see it, you know, We've been scrutinized in the mid-revenue cycle quite a bit in recent years, and I I think that's for good reason, because there is such a, there's so many places for for revenue to leak in in the process, Uh, you know, from physician documentation. Yes, we put in CDI staff to, to help bridge the gap between physicians and coding and how things get reported, Um, but you have to have enough staff, you have to have the right tools. Um, to, to be able to catch those things. And then at, at the end of it all, you've got to have everything coded. So what was missed, what wasn't missed, the coders got to get it all right. So, you know, there's so much opportunity for kind of a Swiss cheese effect. Um, for You know, if those holes line up, then then you've lost something. And, and so it's a, it's a hard thing to combat as well and pretty complicated. Obviously, just on the surface, more money is always great. But Katie, can you expand a little bit on the consequences of this, the impact of lost revenue for a hospital? Right. Well, I I think we are all familiar with healthcare systems today are operating on pretty slim margins. So there's, there's not a lot of room for error. And we're talking about people's health. So we can't leave a single dollar on the table. We really have to make sure that we're getting everything that's due to us so that we can reinvest in our in our facilities, you know, in our talent, our physicians, our nurses, everyone who takes care of our patients, our clinical technology, 
all of that, you know, it's, it's expensive and we need to make sure that we're capturing every dime that we're owed so that we can reinvest and really serve the communities and the public. Um, that's our mission to do so. Yeah, and I think, Katie, to, to that point, it, it's, and I appreciate the investment back in the organization that's providing the care, uh, but ultimately it comes down to the patient level, right? That ensuring that the patient receiving the care that they deserve um, and that we're seeing the outcomes that we expect them to see and being able to maintain that for a long, for a long term, right? It's, it's a relationship with your patients and your community that, that continues to drive the uh, not only the economy of healthcare, but the actual quality of care of your population that you're serving. That's right. I mean, I think that's a great point. It's, it's that cost, quality, value. You know, um, we, we need to serve our patients as efficiently as we can, as effectively as we can. We don't want to increase costs to collect by increased denials, increased people working denials, um, or trying to catch things on the back end. We have to make sure that we have efficient and um, accurate technology, processes, people, um, and that we're not being wasteful. Now, Fran, you mentioned the relationship between documentation and quality of care being delivered. And this is a topic we've touched on before on this podcast. But for any new listeners out there, can you expand upon how documentation can impact patient care and quality outcomes? Uh, that's that's a really good question. And, you know, it, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that because without documentation accuracy, the true clinical picture of the patient is not accurately reported in quality metrics such as mortality rates, severity of illness, risk of mortality reports, uh, Elixhauser or other risk-adjusted models, which then negatively impacts the healthcare organization's reputation and potentially loses the ability then to provide care to patients in, in the way that they deserve to have that care provided. So, you know, this falling of the falling through the cracks, although I really like Katie's analogy with Swiss cheese um, um, and, and our attempts at, at, at the stop gaps intersect with value based care. And if we're not thoughtful about how we do this, it's definitely going to affect the delivery. So when you think about it, when a consumer enters the healthcare system, they're expecting a high level of care. And they're making their healthcare decisions based upon readily available public information on the internet um, about where to get it and who's providing it the best. And all this documentation accuracy or the lack thereof is influencing what these consumers of care are being able to see and therefore uh, impact the care that they're providing based upon where they're going to go receive it. So, Katie, I don't, I don't know if that kind of aligns with the way you described your mission, but it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page. Yeah, I think it really does. You know, there's so and there's so much to unpack there because honestly, you know, I tell my teams we our responsibility is to make sure that the documentation and the coding tells the story of the patient, you know, how, how they came into our facility, how sick they were and um, what their outcomes of care were. And, it, and it's so critical to all of those things, the public reporting, uh, mortality reporting, patient safety indicator reporting, and then how that's portrayed in public reputation. And, and to go back to that, it's not just about patients looking at that public reputation. It's the talent out there, too. The physicians and the nurses, they want, 
the best talent wants to work for the best organizations. And so it's so important that you have your eye on that too. That, that, that's a really good, good, good point, Katie. Um, as, as we look at the shortages that are occurring in healthcare today, and as, as nurses in particular are making decisions about where they're going to work, I'd add one other component of this, and that's the continuum of care for the patient. Um, in today's world, where so many of the physicians who are providing the care in the hospital are not the patient's primary provider in the outpatient world, the communication of what occurred during that inpatient stay uh, gets translated or is supposed to be translated in a discharge summary that their primary care provider in the outside world should have access to to understand what happened to my patient while they were in the inpatient setting so that I know how to continue to treat them in the outpatient world. And when we leak that documentation and we're not telling the accurate picture of what occurred, that could ne negatively impact the rest of the care that they provide uh, post that inpatient stay. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's, that would be a real disservice to the patient in, the, in their continuing care needs. And we definitely see that because we know that we've, we've even reduced our delinquency timeframe to make sure that those discharge summaries get done very timely for those follow-up care needs just for that purpose. So the accuracy of that documentation just can't be overstated. So healthcare as a whole has been evolving. Uh, for example, Medicare is moving away from fee-for-service and towards value-based reimbursements. And the CDI role has evolved as well. Can you both speak a little bit about that evolution and how you know, a CDI specialist's role has really grown over the years? It goes back a little bit to what Katie stated earlier, and that is um, capturing that true clinical picture of the patient. Uh, what exactly was happening? What exactly what were, were we doing to treat it? And ultimately, what was the outcome of that level of treatment for the patient? So we can you know, better address uh, the, the true picture, I guess there really is no other words for it, of what's really happening. Without that picture, without that story of what brought the patient in, what we did to treat it, and ultimately, how did they recover or did that level of treatment assist in providing uh, a better outcome for the patient? We are lost in terms of um, how we're demonstrating how we provided care and what level of value we're really providing in the first place. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to continue to see the fee-for-service move more towards the value-based purchasing and the outcomes. And so, you know, once upon a time, it was all about getting in the right DRG, but we know that's not the case anymore. It's about the total picture of all the comorbidities, all of the issues going on with the patient, making sure that we capture all of that um, because it's just, it's critical to, to tell that story um, and, and get the risk adjustment that, that we need to show an accurate picture of the patient in the bed. Well, and the reality is no patient well, let me, let me phrase it in the positive. All patients are expecting the best care, regardless of where they go, especially in the emergent situation, a lot different than when you can plan where you're going and why. And if we can't accurately capture that and therefore share with the world the quality of care that we're providing and the positive out outcomes that patients are having, um, then we, we've had a serious breakdown in what we're trying to provide not only from a mission perspective in terms of what healthcare organizations are trying to do, but even from um, an employer perspective, Katie, you mentioned, you know, the best want to work at the best. So how do we maintain providing that level of care? 
So there are multiple stages of the mid-revenue cycle, and ultimately there's opportunities for leakage at each one. So just to start at the basics, Fran, can you tell us a little bit about some of the challenges CDI specialists face with traditional case review and how those challenges can lead to leakage? Ultimately, from a patient perspective, things change daily. Um, and so thinking through this, that if you, if you really think about solving the documentation accuracy process, you really need to be reviewing every medical record every day to ensure that level of accuracy. And so that volume of admissions with the, number, with the length of stay just creates such a large number of cases that need review. No one has the ability to staff that. And Katie, I know you guys are, are staffed well, and yet still, I'm sure that there are, are things that slide through. Absolutely. And, and we want to keep that cost of collect to collect down. So we want, you know, we want to be as lean as we can and utilize tools to help us as much as we can. Um, so one of the, the biggest things that we've done is implement prioritization software through iodine concurrent. Um, and, and that was a game changer for us because it uses artificial intelligence to help prioritize those cases that we need to see that are at the highest risk for documentation errors. And not only that, it, it surfaces those cases to us when we need to see them. So not too early, not too late, just when we need to see them. Um, and, and that really helps take some of the pressure off because we know we're getting to those highest risk cases um, and that technology is critical to our success in, in that way. Do you feel, Katie, that, that through that prioritization, you're able to minimize the number of cases that they unnecessarily review, you know, where there really is nothing to, to consider? Either you don't have enough information yet to, you know, ensure that something is happening, um, or it's obviously very well documented, and therefore, what would be the need to look at that case? Is that, is that the way that that is working for you? Yes, that absolutely rings true, and, and I can quantify that by, you know, just saying that our query rates before we had a prioritization tool um, and then after our, our query rates more than doubled. So we know that we started getting to the right cases at the right time because we just weren't seeing that kind of opportunity before. We were, we were spinning wheels, taking a lot of time looking at cases that we didn't mean to or we weren't catching them at the right time, and then we're having to do retrospective queries. So, you know, the proof is in the pudding with those numbers that the query rate more than doubling, I think that proves the, the effectiveness of the tool. So, you know, obviously one of the questions that always arises when you increase query volume like that is how are the physicians responding? Um, you know, because as a, as a, as a, CDI professional, as someone who works at iodine, obviously we feel that the, the game here is that, or, or what the goal is, is to ensure that documentation accuracy and, and get those queries out. But at the same time, we know physicians are really burdened today um, with, you know, a lot going on. Census is high, patients are complex, you know, there's a lot of talk about administrative fatigue and burnout, you know, and we don't want to contribute to that, but at the same time, we need to share this level of documentation accuracy. So how have your physicians responded, you know, to this increase in, in query volume? Yeah, it's surprisingly well. 
I mean, and, and I say that because they, they do a great job of responding to the queries. Their turnaround times are really good. And I, I think that's a testament to, we knew, we suspected that our query rates would increase. We proactively educated the physicians on why we were doing this, what to expect, Ed, education on the top query, query reasons and about the questions we would be asking so that it's not so tedious for them to understand what we're trying to get to. They, they've been educated, they know what to expect, and they know how to respond. So I think that all kind of tempered that, that situation. And they, they know the goal of our program and how important it is to the entire organization. So, you know, I, I can't complain about their participation. They, they've been outstanding. Yeah, and I think with the goal of, you know, concurrent review with a concurrent query to leverage consistent documentation in the medical record should then flow to coding, right? And, and coding being able to pick up all of those diagnoses that are appropriate for the, the patient's stay. So um, I know in without or in the past, when we talk about another step in the leakage of, of this, this is this has been kind of an issue for CDI and coding in that discrepancy a little bit sometimes between the clinical perspective and meeting the guidelines from a, a coding perspective. Have you found that with this process, with, you know, more queries and good physician responses, that it's actually easier for coders now to, to final code those records? I absolutely think it's easier for them to, to code those records. We were doing a lot of retrospective queries prior. And, you know, and, and that's, that's time consuming for the coder. They don't, they want to, they want to complete that count out. <laughs> they don't want to put it on hold and do extra work and, and have to come back to it later. So, you know, I think that they are incredibly supportive of the process too, and are enjoying the benefits of having such a robust CDI program. So we've now covered, you know, some of the issues that CDI can face with traditional case review and also with physician engagement. But at the end of the mid-revenue cycle, uh, which you touched on a little earlier, Katie, with coding and retrospective reviews, that also presents another opportunity for leakage. Uh, and really, right now, it sort of serves as the last line of defense uh, against documentation leakage. Sure. I think, you know, working with our payers and payer denials, that is a hot topic for organizations across the nation right now. Um, we have very, uh, very robust programs from the, the payer side, uh, reviewing the charts, reviewing the documentation and the coding, and they have really robust denial processes in place. Um, they're using artificial intelligence to <laughs> come through things uh, to look for uh, areas where it may be easy to deny. So I think we, we've got to make sure that we're doing a good job of reporting what's accurate and, and not trying to over-report or stretch that. Um, and, and also that we're denial-proofing our records, that you know we're capturing all of those CCs and MCCs that we can, um, it, that are valid, and that we have good processes in Play to combat those denials once they come in. Um, so I, I think all of those things are very important and, and we've got a pretty robust process there 
Um, we do loop our CDI team into the denials process. We also have our uh, physician advisor who plays a part in that as well. Um, there's uh, there's one payer that we have, you know, some some hearing discussions, and our physician advisor for CDI plays a role in that, and, and he's very successful uh, in that. And having you know peer discussions. To, to help us and and then working with our payer strategies too, letting them know who's being maybe over aggressive in, in the denials front that, that we're having a hard time landing on the same page to have them try to facilitate some discussion uh, between the two parties and, and try to get on a, a, a better situation there. Yeah, you would hope that documentation accuracy results in coding accuracy, which ultimately results in billing accuracy. And yet there always continues to be this struggle of interpretation, uh, the clinical perspective versus the coding perspective versus the payer perspective. And so uh, the more you can ensure that it's clear and consistent in the documentation, the easier all of this becomes. Absolutely. So, Katie, you mentioned your team is using concurrent to help prioritize and query cases. You're also using AI to help with retrospective reviews, as we just discussed. And now at iodine, we've got this new tool, Forecast, which automatically assigns a final DRG to every case. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that's factoring in to your team's workflow and strategy? Sure. So at Integris Health, we are using this as a key component of our throughput. Um, so, you know, COVID has given us an additional strain of needing patient beds. We've got to get patients in and at the right level of care and then discharge to the, the next place that they need to be. And so Forecast is helping our multidisciplinary teams, including physicians, case management, nurses, nurse managers, really anticipate uh, you know, what the length of stay may be and what they need to do to make sure that patient's ready for discharge or ready for the next level of care. So they use forecasts every, every day for, for those purposes, which really unburdens my team <laughs> to focus on some of the other things that we need to focus on. So instead of my team being responsible for making sure every single case has a working DRG every single day, and that we're not going to get yelled at by case management and UM, you know, we have forecast for that. And then my team gets to focus on where are the biggest opportunities in documentation and how can we affect the outcome of what gets reported. Yeah, I think that's great, Katie. And, and you know, obviously leveraging what we designed to the, the greatest MAC uh, potential. Um, I think the challenge has always been in the CDI space that, you know, we're constantly being asked to do things that don't that aren't necessarily pertinent to our review of the medical record for documentation accuracy and establishing that working DRG was one of those responsibilities that many CDI programs have that aren't really key and central to their role um, and forced us to review records that there really was no documentation opportunity. We were just looking at it to update the DRG. Um, and then, you know, if you if you look at how um, machine learning models and artificial intelligence can actually now not predict what the DRG is today, 
but what the final DRG is, which is really what utilization review and case management really need. It's not knowing what we have today because tomorrow could change it. It's anticipating what the, the true length of stay will be at the, at the time of discharge. And so that's kind of the way we focus this product to work so that we can take this work off the plate of the CDI specialist, as Katie identified, but still provide in every case, every day, that target um, for these other departments that are dependent upon that target to better plan the care and you know, get that throughput for the patient um, that will allow them to be uh, positively impacted, not only in the inpatient stay, but then post-discharge as well. So this is a question for you both. Pulling from your experience, big picture, how does a health system go about addressing leakage? You know, maybe a healthcare provider who is looking to make a change or maybe just thinks that they have opportunity to improve, do better, capture more. Uh, I'm sure that Katie will will share some of what they're looking at uh, from an Integris perspective, but I would say uh, something that we started this conversation with, and that is review or assessment of your people, your process, and your technology. Uh, leveraging technology where you can to minimize human effort that is unnecessary, uh, but maximize then the knowledge of the people that you have, focusing them on the right task, allowing them to function at the highest level of their role, uh, and putting together processes that create efficiency so that you can minimize that leakage and find those stop gaps along the way. So that's kind of the high level, but I'm sure Katie will give us some detail. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit it spot on. It's about people, processes, and technology. So, you know, we our focus is to attract the top talent that we can, develop them, put time and effort into training them, training them well, retaining them, <laughs> and then um, making sure that the processes and the technology to, that support those valuable human resources are just as equally important so that they have efficient processes, that they um, have the technology to support them in their work, to make their jobs easier, uh, and to utilize their talents to the to the greatest potential. So I think that's what we're looking for. Um, we've done a lot around processes um, and, and people too. We're adding support people as trainers, as educators, as reviewers to give constant feedback to the frontline staff um, and then putting in processes to make sure I always I always do regular chart reviews because I want to know what's happening day in and day out and making sure that we're keeping a pulse on what we need to. So I don't want to be the last to know we have a deficiency in one area. So I think you always have to do those kinds of things, those chart reviews, and make sure you know what your team's doing and, and how they're performing. Um, and then the technology is just critical because... Like like Fran said earlier, you, you can't staff to review every chart every day um, and do all that you need to do. So you've got to use you've got to use your technology to to help support you in the most efficient processes that you can. Well, and then having technology that has a good level of reporting so that you can quickly and easily see what is happening so that when you do those audits that you're referring to, you know where to do the deep dive and you're just not 
randomly looking for problems, you know where you need to focus. So key. Analytics is so key. So being able to get to those length of stay outliers, the the cases, you know, that that are at high risk for revenue leakage. And and not only that, but being able to tell the story of what your team is impacting and how they're benefiting the organization. Um, so all of those things are incredibly critical. And and quite frankly, we didn't have a lot of that before we implemented this technology that helped us grab those key insights and really bolstered us to the next level um, in, in CDI and, and get the resources that we needed to be successful. Well, I think that's going to do it for to us today. I want to thank you both again so much for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you. Thanks. And to all our listeners out there, thank you for joining us today. If you like what you heard, Please make sure that you're subscribing with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you like to listen. We'll be back next month with a new episode. And until then, I'm your host, Lauren Hickey, and thank you so much for joining us.